You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, Matt, fellow adventurers, we're back at the Dragon Hill Fields. The Wing of Illusion is still going on and will be for the next few episodes. Anyway, I've heard tell that Solidor has a request for me. So let's just see what all that's about. What is the adventure for this location? A favour for Solidor. While speaking with Solidor, you can't help but notice something seems to be bothering the Master Illusionist. Let's start this adventure then. While speaking with Solidor, you can't help but notice something seems to be bothering the Master Illusionist. You announce your observation, and he promptly confirms your suspicions. Perhaps we can take a stroll, he says, standing up and stepping outside. Aside, you rise and follow along after him. For nearly half an hour, you move about the tournament grounds in the company of Solandar. As he points out several interesting sights, a few read on many of the details surrounding his grand wing of illusion. On the north side of the field, he pauses not far from a large group of ten, from a large group of tents, set off from the others that surround it. Look here, he says. Motioning with his head towards a group of men standing in the middle of the sizable encampment. In the centre of the group stands a tall, caped man. The caped man turns his head for a moment. You are taken back, aback at the sight of his face. From just beneath his eyes to the bottom of his chin. His face is covered by a black wooden mask. That's Thane Mazenbach, says Solandor. I dare say that a greater threat to this kingdom has hardly existed in the last 500 years. By my reckoning, mind you, though I doubt I'm alone in my sediments. Solandor tells you, Thane Mazenbach is perhaps the most powerful and influential of Tysus Thanes, hailing from the northeast corner of the kingdom. His seat of power is the Fortress of Stonemarsh, says Solandar. He is an outwardly ambitious man, and while that is not necessarily undesirable, the company he keeps is. At the very least, many of those he has entertained and taken into his employ in the halls of Stonemarsh are worrisome. For the lack of a more fitting description, you learn that there are also many who suspect that Thane Mazenbach possesses potent magical ability, though this has never been proven. It is forbidden for Tyson Thanes and Tyson Kings to possess magical abilities. He's a warrior beyond most measure, says Sonador. By his blade he earned his thaneship. He succeeded in uniting the kingdom's northern militias to defeat the mountain goblin tribes that long ravaged the rugged frontier. That won him praise of the crown, but his ambition eventually landed him the title 
position that now allow him to operate with a great deal of impunity. You inquire about the black mask that conceals the lower half of his face, and Sonodar shakes his head. Mystery to us all, I believe, he says. Some say it covers a gruesome wound. The others believe it hides something more sinister. What that might be, I couldn't say. I don't know of anyone who's seen without him. Perhaps the king would know for certain. In fact, I think it impossible that he does not. You've heard about the thing now, says Solidor. So allow me to tell you my dilemma. The Master Illusionist tells you that when Thane Mazabak arrived at the tournament, he went to his encampment and welcomed him, as was appropriate to do, do to a guest of such lofty stature. It was during that meeting, he says, that he caught, he saw in the possession of the Thane's men a rare book of Arcanum, one that was stolen several months ago from a renowned mage in Talonus. Hmm, maybe Huron? Because he's there. You don't get more renown than him. The tome is of great value, since it is thought to be alone in the depth of instruction. It is capable of imparting in several disciplines of magic, he says. How it came to be the possession of the man in the red hat and the party of Thane Mazabak, I could not say, but it must be retrieved at once. Sonoda tells you the situation is a delicate one, but he can see no other way around it. I'm asking you, Sir Crokington, to, to retrieve the book and bring it to me. Such a book has no place in the hands of the man now in possession of it. It must be returned to its rightful owner before something happens. Well, I could decline, but no, no, no. I'm going to attempt to agree to attempt to retrieve the book. Solidor thanks you for accepting the task. Tells you you must take care not to be caught. It's unlikely I'd be able to help you if you were to court trying to lift the book from one of the Thane's men, he tells you. Regardless of my suspicions and my absolute belief we operate under the banner of Gustit, Justice Thane Bezbach is, after all, a Thane. And few indeed are those who would dare cross one of them. You must be extremely cautious, Sir Crogerton. Find the man with the red hat, retrieve the book, and return to me. You tell Solidar not to worry as you leave and make your way towards Thane Mazabak. Back's large encampment on the north side of the tournament field. As you draw to the outskirts of the Thane's camp, you are later to discover that the man with the red hat sits by himself leaning back against the wall of one of the outlying tents, fully absorbed in the very tome you've come seeking. Not wishing to linger here for longer than necessary, you hurriedly ponder your next course of action. So, I could use thievery, illusion, telekinesis, elementalism, or just wait for a chance to grab the book. You know what, I'll just wait for a chance. Crouching in the shadow cast by a nearby tent. He watched the hatted man closely, waiting for an opportunity to move in and snatch up the book. After only a few minutes, just such an opportunity presents itself, as the man is called away by one of his colleagues. He sets the book down on the ground next to where he's sitting. As he walks slowly away, he wastes no time moving in to take possession of the tome. Picking a number. Bonus, 155. Okay, I think we're going to do this one. 126 from Thievery. 17 from Agility. 12 from Luck. Pick now. 122. Within 10 seconds, you've crept forward. Taken hold of the weighty tome and returned to your hiding spot next to the neighbouring tent. Not wishing to wait for the hatchet stranger to return and realise the book is missing... You wind your way furtively through the maze of tents, eager to present the object of your mission to Solondor. Solondor is overjoyed when you return to him the book and present it to him in secret within his tent. He tells you that you have not only returned a valuable book of arcana was wrongly taken, but your method of retrieval has spared the kingdom an embarrassing and perhaps divisive incident.
It could well be that Thane Mazabak knew nothing of the book, says the master illusionist as he pours you some wood wine. The incident, though I'm afraid, is quite suspicious at its core. The book, as I've mentioned, is a rare we to be sure. The white pair of eyes scouring its pages could learn a good deal about shadow paths. As could the wrong pair of eyes. And honestly, the wrong pair of eyes would be probably more likely to want to know about that sort of stuff. It's, that, that lesson sense was just me. Just a bit too suspicious for my liking. You slip the suit wine that Solondar has handed you, and listen as the master illusionist embarks on a lengthy tale of adventure he had with his old friend Tallies many years ago. Despite your interest in his account of a raid on the dragon's lair, your mind continually returns to the haunting image of the Balak masked vein. You slightly wonder how many of Solondar's suspicions regarding the Thane were in time be proven true. 256 experience to general, and that is the end of that adventure. Right, back to the main safe area. And save. Okay, next up, let's continue with the tournament. So nobody thinks anything untoward has happened. Oh, he can't have been seeing that book. He's been in the tournament. Yes, they've been trading for the tournament the entire time. Yeah. Oh, you probably just lost it, you dumb cough. Dumb cough! You stupid dumb cough. Yeah, well, well. Fortunately, I already memorized the important packages, says Thane Mazabak. <laughs> Perhaps, but we hope not. Oh, sh oh, hope he doesn't get in any trouble. Alright, proceed with the tournament. The grand spectacle known as Solondar's Wing of Illusion is still ongoing. Not since the Festival of Blades. Has there been such a stir at the Dragon Hill Fields? Fourth round. The gathered onlookers rise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The fourth round of Solondar's grand wing of illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the sanding stones arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solondar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift. Before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find that your surroundings have changed. The Guardians of Brimscar. You stand knee-deep in a stagnant pool of oozing muck. Thick vegetation presses against you from all sides, making it difficult for more than a f see for more than a few yards in any direction. A dense ceiling of grey clouds drifts by overhead, and your ears are filled with the dreadful cacophony of bustling insects. Buzzing insects. They're probably also bustling. With little idea about the tangled mire which Solondor's illusions apparently landed you, you strike out to what you believe is the east in hope of finding some firmer footing. You've gone less than 10, 50 yards through the fetid pool, where the sound of something large crashing through the foliage ahead brings you to an abrupt halt. Moments later, the wall of leaves, vines and bracken that lies before you explodes as a towering and terrifying being stomps through it. A bog giant! And there's a link for those. These mossy, humanoid benemoths are normally around stagnant, fetid bodies of water. They certainly aren't the overly friendly sort. The pulse quickens as the massive, moss-covered humanoid crashes through the remainder of the bramble that claws at his ragged attire and comes to stand at the edge of the pool through which you've been moving. The fearsome giant stares down at you and snarls. Where's the wand? 
he roars, his thunderous, re resonating voice slicing almost every in silencing almost every insect within sound of it, and sending your heart into your throat. Thankful this is only an illusion, but realizing that that for success you must find some way of dealing with the Benamoth. You step back, defiantly assume a defensive stance, with some small hope that it might elicit the approval of the spectators, even if you can't see or hear them, as your mind races to determine your next course of action. Suddenly, the scene around you freezes, and the glowing apparition of Solandar appears, hovering only inches above the murky, stagnant pool. The first guardian of Grimscar! announces the master illusionist, waving his hand in the direction of the towering bog giant. That fellow follows through the swamp for half a day before finally catching up with us in a place much like the one I've recreated. Solondor tells you, and you realise the explanation is also for the benefit of the spectators, that, that years ago he made a daring raid of the ruined castle of, of Brimscar which legend had it, had it was home to a powerful wand that lay hidden deep in the catacombs beneath the surface. The wand was certainly there, left Solidar, but so were three relentless guardians, which legends I was familiar with failed to make much note of. The first of these is a giant. A rather nasty-looking sort of fellow, isn't he? He follows the vows of the castle, and, oh, us? Well, yes, us. I feel it's only fair to tell you I was not alone in the waning of Brimscar, for I had, for I had a very able companion by the name of Tales. Woo! Say all the audience, and it was he who managed to put down this terrible brute. I dare, I dare say, though, Sir Quokington, you look up to their task if anyone ever did. And I wish you only the best of luck. Solondor's apparition disappears, and the scene about, about you instantly springs to life, leaving you once again to face the bog giant. The bog giant stomps towards you, the garled fingers of his white hand gri tightly gripping a massive, thorny club. When the fearsome being raises up his deadly weapon, preparing to deal you a single decisive blow, you leap into action. Determined to bring down the mighty, moss-covered Benemoth. Use archery first. Success. 4xp to archery. You have enough time to lose, lose two hours in the advancing giant. And both sass bury themselves deep in his thick torso. The bog giant roars in agony, but continues to advance. You probably... You properly put your bow in this mysterious bag. <laughs> bag of holding way too much stuff. And prepare to engage the wounded shoulder, the wounded giant. Alright, so bog giant is already wounded. But not wounded enough apparently because it's still attacking. The mighty giant swipes at you with this former club. And I go all stabby. Stabity, stabity, stab. And it is slain, or he is slain, or whatever. The 13xp. The bog giant staggers to his left and topples sideways into the pool, showing you with the stagnant water that explodes from beneath his lifeless bulk. You wipe away the dripping ooze and about to move to the edge of the pool when your surroundings begin to blow. Oh, it's already over. Within a few moments, your vision has cleared and you find yourself standing on somewhat firmer ground, though clearly still with the same tangled mire where you encountered the giant. A bright flash of white light precedes the sudden appearance of the now familiar apparition of Solandar. I do believe Tally's took a bit longer to bring down that old thing, grinned Solondar. Well done! The master illusionist points to the north, and you turn to find, just beyond the belt of dark, stunted trees, lies the vine-entangled statue of an armoured warrior. The statue facing you is sword waist above its head, oh no. 
Oh no, it's a statue. It's going to come to life. Because they always come to life. Yes, which my you shouldn't have statues of bad people. Just in case they come to life. The visor of the... The visor of the statue's helm completely covers his face. The bulk was crawling with these living statues, says Somadar. And Tallies and I barely escaped them with our lives. Lucky for you, time is of the essence in this tournament. And you must defeat only... Only this one. I wish you luck, Sir Crokington. The illusionist apparition fades, and the scene around you immediately springs to life. Including the statue. I told you. I told you it was going to come to life. The statue of the armoured warrior stomps through the undergrowth towards you. Its stone blade cutting aside the bracken and bramble that pours at his cracked but evidently sturdy legs. The wand, says the living statue sternly. Return the wand and you may leave here alive. Thankful that the sword-wielding statue bearing down on you is all part of Solidor's masterful illusion. And thankful that it's alone, you steer yourself for what promises to be a brutal melee against a warrior of living stone. It's a warrior statue. It's probably going to stomp on me. Or maybe just cut me to little pieces. The statue strikes at you with its heavy stone sword, but... I'm quite easily dodging out of the way, because it's not that fast. Okay, and I stab. I don't know how you stab a statue, but I'm doing it anyway, and it is slain. Guess it helps that the dagger's all magic. 13 XP. The instant the statue of the warrior crumbles into a pile, rubble at your feet, your surroundings begin to shift and blur. Your vision slowly clears, and you find yourself standing on a rocky hillside. Near the top of the hillside, you spot a tall stone obelisk. The surface of the obelisk is covered with engraved wounds. Wounds. Yes, probably also a wound, but still. A bright bright flash of white light precedes the sudden appearance of the now familiar apparition of Solidar. A Jarex obelisk is the master illusionist. Making no mention of your victory over the living statue. It was a saviour that day, to be sure. Though it seems a pity there's so few left standing these days. Reach the obelisk, and you will find your way out of this illusion. And more importantly, score yourself a victory in this round! Solidar points to the south, and, almost afraid to look, you warily turn your head in the direction he indicates only to be greatly dismayed by the sight that greets your eyes. Rising over the back of several large boulders, though currently frozen in time like all that surrounds you, is is the green wing tips and broad head of a large swamp dragon. You could certainly try fighting it, says Sonodor, but I can't say, so I recommend it. Tallies and I chose instead to make a dash for the obelisk and escape. As you can see by the fact that he and I are still alive, we made it through just barely. Good luck, Sir Crokington. The illusionist apparition fades and the scene around you immediately springs into motion. A deafening bellow erupts from the gaping, cavernous maw of the fearsome swamp dragon. The green-scaled beast soars over the edge of the hill and alights on the ground only 20 yards from you. Judging by its size, you believe the dragon is not yet fully grown, though it is certainly very large, and most certainly very dangerous. You have something that belongs. You have something that belongs back in Brimscar, says the dragon. His voice is calm and soothing. Oh, oh, sorry. You have something that belongs back in Grimscar, says the dragon. His voice calm and soothing, in direct contrast to the temp. Terrified bellow he unleashed only moments ago. Lay it down upon the ground, and you will be allowed to retreat to your beloved obelisk. Remain defiant, and you will pay the price of every thief who ever dared to pilfer from the castle. Realising that 
turning over the wand is not an option at your disposal. Especially since you don't actually have it. Your mind races to hurriedly determine the next, your next course of action. Realising. Alright. Flee to the obelisk. So I can do the prudent thing. Or the more exciting thing. Well there is an audience. Let's do the exciting thing. And engage the swamp dragon. The dragon rears back as it's preparing to charge. You realise you must act quickly. So, flee, fight, or shoot. Shoot! You unsuccessfully attempted to use your archery skill. Oh well. Your arrow sails wide of its mark. The arrow scrapes the ground with its clawed foot and charges, bellowing with rage as it thunders across the broken terrain towards you. You mutter a quick prayer, and stoically prepare to engage the the green-scaled beast. A swamp dragon. Oh yeah, audience, you like this, don't ya? There's a dragon. The swamp dragon wars as it attacks you with tooth and claw, and maybe even the wing. Doesn't seem to have any breath. I guess that's for the best. Right, keep going, keep going, keep going. And it is slain, is he slain, slain, slain. 38 XP. The massive carcass of the slain swamp dragon lies at your feet. Despite the bloody wounds now, de- wounds now decorating its corpse, the dragon seems to still seems to be a most majestic creature, even in death. You're about to take a step closer and examine its remains. When suddenly your surroundings once again begin to shift and blow. No, 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 we, we don't want to show that. We don't want to show that. End it, end it now. End it now. He's going he's gonna to be rooting around in it. End it, end it. Oh, phew, phew. We didn't get to see any. I mean, there are kids watching. I mean, I mean, this is medieval times. They're fine with violence, but we're not going to be having any surgery around here. No, no, no. The scene around you gradually returns to focus. And you once again found yourself standing in the circle of stone on the Dragon Hill fields. The deafening roar of the clouds signals your victory in this. The fourth round of Solondar's wing of illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solondar himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The master illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the wing of stones. 256 experience to general. The edge of the contest field, Solidar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done, though, Sir Crokin. can see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. Now he's desperately go- trying to... To jig what he was probably planning for the next round and make it harder. I imagine he had 20 rounds planned in advance because you, you, you just do that. I imagine it takes quite a while to make it a whole illusionary masterpiece. Right, rest. And save. And then on. To the next round. Now on to round five. The crowd of the crowd of spectators leaps to their feet and cheer wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The fifth round of Solondar's grand wing of illusions is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Sonodar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift. And before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. The three champions, all around you, throughout the forest, a brutal battle rages, spear-wielding mounted goblins. Their shrill 
war cries echoing off the ancient hardwoods pour down from the nearby hillsides, relentlessly assailing the store line of knights and border rangers who, for the better part of an entire day, have managed to hold the savage enemy at bay. You stand at the southern end of the longest arm of the defending line, and the goblin ground around your feet is littered with the manes of the many goblins who met their fates this day by your hand. Suddenly, you spot three border rangers pitching a desperate battle against an armoured mountain goblin. This, the goblin, his face concealed behind the visor of his full helm, wields a serrated broadsword with devastating effect. The three border rangers engaged with him cry out in agony as they are struck down by his ferocious attack. Wasting no time, you sprint towards the armoured goblin, eager to avenge the fallen rangers. You've only covered ten yards when the scene around you freezes and the familiar apparition of Solandar appears. The Battle of Fallen Trees, says Solandar, glancing around at the frozen but nevertheless gruesome scene. Perhaps the last true decisive, decisive battle of man and goblin. It was this battle that sent the largest number of the cruel breed into a heat for a good many years. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Although, and I, and I am honored to have played a war in it, certainly not one that placed me in the midst of the melee. Solidar points to the armoured goblin that you, you began to wash towards. This is the final day of the battle, he says. Three goblin champions appeared on that day. Most likely a last-ditch attempt by the goblin commanders to regain their hold on the field. I need not tell you how it ended. For no one is unable to recall the charge of six, led by tallies, which put down the trio of fearsome goblin warriors and broke what remains of the enemy's spirit. On this day, Sir Crokidon, it is you, and only you, who must defeat those three goblin champions. I wish you luck. Solondor's apparition disappears, and the scene about you in all its horror, springs to life. You once again resume your charge towards the armoured goblin champion, though serrated blade now drips with the blood of the slain rangers. Within 20 yards of the armoured goblin champion, when he turns and faces you, the cruel sn slayer snarls viciously and moves forward to meet your charge blood-stained blade poised to strike you a grievous blow it's armored goblin champion he's gotta go down the mountain goblin champion slashes at you with his serrated blade and is slain 13 xp the goblin champion strikes the ground at your feet and does not move again you turn to find the second of these fearsome goblins a stout, axe-wielding creature has just finished off two Sycian knights and is starting to move in your direction. Brazenly, you hop forward and meet his advance. It's a mountain goblin war chief. Mountain goblin war chief hacks at you with his axe. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for 15 damage. 
but he's gonna go down, 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 deeper and down, down, down. Slaying. 16, 15, 14 XP. I got it right the third time. The third and final Goblin Champion appears to be the worst of the lot. The worn leather slap, strap encircles a repulsive Hunoi's head, from which dangle impressive, if not gruesome, collection of what looked like dragon talons. The spear-wielding menace moves swiftly towards you, his stone-tipped instrument of battle poised to run through you. It's a mountain goblin champion going down. Brutal stroke. For 11 damage, and the goblin champion stabs at you. Stone-tipped spear. Right, take him down, take him down. Another brutal stroke. But that's not enough, because he is slain. A rallying cry, 14 XP. A rallying cry goes up from the knights and the rangers holding the forest line. Your victory over the three goblin champions has renewed their spirits and served to break the will of the enemy. The goblins were so close to tasting victory, now flee wildly, scattering into the dense undergrowth. Your surroundings once again begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragon Hill fields. The deafening war of the clouds signals that your victory in this the fifth round of Solandar's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solandar himself strides out of the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. 384 experience to General. The Edge of the Forest Field. Solardar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge for the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Sir Crokington, he says. See, I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist a farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. And west... Alright, back to the Festival Master, and onwards to round six. The gathered onlookers rise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The sixth round of Solandor's Grand Wing of Illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the sanding stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. Frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, placed by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solondar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift, before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. One giant problem. You find yourself standing at the edge of a well-worn road that passes directly through the centre of a small village. A loud, angry voice to your white spins your head in that direction. Your heart skips a beat when your eyes fall upon its source. Only ten yards from you, Towering over a group of cowering villagers is a mountain giant. The cool, massive humanoid appears to be in the process of demanding tribute from the village. The villagers seem to be in the awkward and dangerous position of trying to explain to the giant they cannot afford what he demands. Sensing the villagers will be unable to persuade the cool Benemoth to leave them be. You stride forward and boldly ask the giant to leave. From momentarily taken aback by your sudden appearance and your brazen tactics, the giant recovers his wits and laughs heartily. Then suddenly, without warning, he picks you off off the ground and hurls you high into the air across the road. 
You silently count your blessings when your rapid descent to the ground is suddenly broken by a large mount of hay. Well, could have been worse things out of my fall broken from, like a pile of rocks. Or a pile of manure. I mean, that would be nice and soft, but not very pleasant. Especially if you got, you know, cut a bit earlier, then you get all sorts of things. You climb out of the pile of hay and move back to the edge of the world. Your eyes firmly fixed on the towering mountain giant, who continues to threaten the helpless, cowering villagers. Got some options. Archery. V3, horsemanship. If diplomacy was a bit higher, I could use it, but it isn't, so I can't. Uh, well, if I was leveled up, would I have been able to get it? No, no. Even if, it allowed, even if I, I could pull my general experience into it, but it's too late now. Too late now. Mm. I'll go give Feathery a shot. Seed succeeded. 8 XP to Feathery. After taking a few minutes to set up, set up a series of devious snares, you stride boldly into the centre of the road, upon which the giant stands, and vocally taunt the cruel, towering humanoid. The mountain giant rushes after you, but is led directly through the field of snares, and his feet become tangled in several pieces of taut rope, sending him crashing to the ground. He regains his feet, Mr. Hail of Curses, but is now hampered by a severe limp. Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and the more it hurts like Billy O once they get back up again. The wounded giant curses at you before turning and limping east out of the village. Hmm. Pursue the giant and attack him, or let him go? Honestly, I don't think he's going to forget this. And I can't just stay here forever, especially since, you know, the surroundings are going to blur and shift soon. So I've got to pursue the fleeing giant and attack him. You swiftly overtake the wounded giant and launch your attack. Despite his wounds, the giant seems perfectly capable of defending himself. You steal yourself for brutal melee. Mountain giant. Wounded. But not wounded enough. The mighty giant swipes at you with this crude wooden club. Oh yeah? Yeah, well, when giants go clubbing, it's not a good it's not a thing anyone else wants to be involved in. Yes, but I just go I don't go clubbing, I go stabbing. Or so quickly can go stabbing. No, anyway, slain. Down he goes. Thirty-eight XP. Your victory over the mountain giant is met with cries of joy who were the villagers from the village who were only a few minutes ago at the mercy of the cruel being. One of the villagers, a dark-haired man with two small ch children at his side, approaches you, fighting back emotion as he thanks you for, for saving his family and his home. You're about to respond when suddenly your surroundings begin to blur and shift. Alright. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragon Hill fields. The deafening roar of the crowd signals your victory in this. The sixth round of Solondar's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solondar himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. 384 experience to General. The edge of the contest field, Solandar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Sir Crookston, he says. Seem going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist a farewell. Make your way off across the tournament grounds. And west. And to the next one. Proceed with the tournament. Round seven. The gathered onlookers rise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The seventh round of Solondor's grand wing of illusion 
about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the sanding stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solandar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift. Before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. The Curse of Trinyax. You stand in the tall grass behind a small, dilapidated wooden dwelling. The sun has long gone down, leaving in its wake the black, cloudless, star-filled sky. All around the dwelling stand barren trees, which, along with the chill air, chill in the air, betray the season as late autumn. Light pours out of the small dwelling through the plentiful spaces between the rotting timbers that make up its walls and from a narrow window only a few feet from you. You're about to step forward and peer into the window, eager to discover what Solidor has in store for you this time, when the wall next to you explodes into a shower of dust and jagged timber fragments. Suddenly, the scene around you freezes, the glowing apparition of Solidor appears. You're in Trenhax, about 50 years before your own birth, says Solidar. Few indeed are those who do not recall the tale, the curse of Trenhax. I dare say it's still firmly rooted in the minds of those who call the still call that village home. Solidar explains to you and the tournament spectators that many years ago, the son of one of Trenhax's village elders was cursed with the horrifying affliction that resulted in almost a decade of terror for the village, the nearby countryside. The son was an aspiring mage of extraordinary talent, continued Solidar. As fate would have it, though, he could not climb out from beneath the shadow of this curse. It eventually brought about his end. On a cold autumn evening, much like the one I've laboured to recreate, His own brother, a Tyson soldier, is said to have ended the curse in a brief but brutal showdown. It's now your turn, Sir Crokington, to attempt to do the same. Good luck. Solondar's apparition disappears, and the scene around you instantly springs back to life. You showered with a wain of dust, splinters, and several large chunks of shattered wood as what appears to be a large bear smashes through the wall of the dwelling and lands only five yards from you. You step back and assume a defensive stance as the massive bear creature rises up onto two legs and stands before you, its barrel-sized chest heaving and its lips curled back into a vicious snarl. Your pulse races as you note the more human features of the beast's face and arms. With little doubt, the creature standing before you is a werebear, a human who has assumed bear form, and very likely the centre of the curse of Trendwax. So that's silly. As we all know, bear werebears are lawful good. The werebear swipes at the air with his thick white arm and snarls. You sense that an attack is imminent. So, three options, thievery. Unarmed combat, attack the werebear. Well, they don't use unarmed combat that much, so I'll give that a go. Success. 4x speed to unarmed combat. Having already noted that a broad tree limb passes overhead within reach, you spring upward and grab onto the branch with both hands. The werebear snarls and lunges forward, but you're prepared to defend yourself. You swing back on the branch dodging the creature's attack, and only return swing, you plant both of your feet solidly in the middle of the gruesome lichen, lichen-throat's face. The force of your devastating blow momentarily staggers the beast, 
Okay, okay, okay. Must have swung really fast. The wounded werebear roars in agony as you drop from the branch, prepared to engage it. Yeah, it must have got some toady poison in its eye. Or something like that. Despite the serious wound it had suffered at your hands, the werebear remains an extremely powerful and deadly combatant, and also really angry. Thankful that the savage, snarling creature before you is only an elaborate illusion, but most eager to put it down. You launch a frenzied assault upon the fearsome lycanthrope. Some werebear and its wounded. The savage werebear swipes at you with its deadly claws. Hmm. Let's keep going, keep going, keep going, and slain. Sorry, old chap, but you turned into a monster. A ghastly, it's 38 XP, a ghastly cry escapes from the open mouth of the dying werebear as it thrashes about wildly on the ground before you. The savage werebear's carcass shudders, and you're momently taken aback. It rapidly transformed into the unmarred body of a young man. The man opens his eyes, smiles, and whispers what sounds like, Thank you, before disappearing in a thick cloud of mist that seeps up from the ground beneath him. Suddenly, your surroundings begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus. And you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragon Hill Fields. The deafening war of the crowd signals your victory in this. The seventh round of Solondar's Wing of Illusion has been met with feverish approval. Solondar himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. Two hundred and 56 XP to general. The edge of the contest field, Solondar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Sir Quilkerton. Seems going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Alap Master Illusionist a farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. Yeah, one more, one more round. Proceed with the tournament. Drowned it! The crowd of spectators leap to their feet and cheer wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. Of course, in the get world of the game, there's actually quite a gap between this because Stove Solondar could think up a whole illusion in, in 30 seconds. The eighth round of solid rock, rock a regular illusion. Yeah, he could. He's experienced at that. But a grand illusion? No, no, those take time. The eighth round of Solidar's grand wing of illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the sanding stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solondar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift. Before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find that your surroundings have changed. A sorcerer scorned. The scene surrounding you comes back into focus. You find yourself standing at the end of a large, cluttered, circular chamber. Several wooden tables, their surfaces covered with scrolls, books and vials, clog the centre of the room. A lone window, narrow and shuttered, is set into the far wall. A pair of shallow recesses that front the window... In a pair of shallow recesses to front the window stand the life-size statues of two hideous ogres. Oh, they're going to come to life. Your insolence in the face of inevitable destruction is insulting. Sounds an angry voice from your white. 
turned to see a tall, white-bearded man standing only a few feet away. His withered hands grip a tall wooden staff, the top edge of which is fitted with a sharp blade. The old man, who is soon to be some sort of mage, strikes the stone floor with the butt of his staff. You have something that belongs to me, thief, he growls. I'll ask you return the wings to me, but I rather think I'd enjoy plucking them from your roasted corpse. You're somewhat thankful when the scene around you suddenly freezes and a familiar apparition of Solidar appears. Mighty Lorzok, says Solidar, nodding in the direction of the white-bearded man who moments ago threatened you with death. A sorcerer of great power, and a man who once had great influence in the kingdom of Tysa, and to his tragic death at the hand of an arcane spy, was two hundred years ago. Solidar tells you that on the night of his death, two centuries ago, Lozark confronted an arcane spy in the topmost chamber of his tower. The thief had just filched five enchanted wings that held the wealth. A wealth of the sorceress's knowledge as to amount to make good his escape. He was surprised by the enraged sorcerer. Unfortunately for you, Sir Crokington, for the purposes of our tournament, you are that arcane spy. Take flight, or stick around and fight. The choice is yours to make. Good luck. The apparition of the Master Illusionist fades from view. The scene around, around you springs to life, leaving you to face the sinister, sneering Lozok. Your mind races as you attempt to determine your next course of action against this dangerous foe. Attack the sorcerer or attempt to escape? Well, I think the audience would rather have violence! More violence! Yeah, violence! You snatch up the skull of some small rodent from a nearby temple. Oh no! I'm ruining it. I'm destroying a schedule. A specially designed system of organisation. And then I'm going to kill him. As the white bearded mage throws his hands up in front of his face to deflect the hurtling projectile, you leap forward, prepared to strike down the one man standing between you and the successful completion of Solondar's devilish illusion. Before you can reach, however, your foe recovers sufficiently to, enough to raise his wooden staff. The tip of his bladed staff grows white, white, and to your horror, the two stone ogres in the shallow recesses near the window begin to move. Told ya! Told ya! They're gonna come to life! I said they'll come to life, and now they've come to life! Solidar's sinister laughter fills the chamber as he falls back, allowing his two fearsome minions, stone minions to intercede. You assume a combat-ready stance as you prepare to take on the first of the stone ogres. Here we go. The stone ogre swipes at you with his massive fist. Alright, stabity, 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 stab. Brutal stroke. A bit of damage, and it is slain. 10 XP. The ogre crumples into a pile of rubble at your feet, but is immediately replaced by a second stone by the second stone beast. Oh, you're going down too. You and your massive fist brutal stroke 12 damage, but slain, slain, slain. 10 XP. You step over the shattered remains of the stone ogre and boldly approach the dangerous mage. An unwise decision, thief! growls Lozok, brandishing his bladed staff with an unnerving degree of skill. Undaunted by the display of combat prowess, you rush forward and bravely engage the white-bearded sorcerer. Master, sorcerer, Lozok. Swipes it through his bladed staff. Okay. Keep going, keep going. And he is slain. 23 XP. Your final blow sends Lozrox sprawling to the floor of the cluttered chamber. He emits several ragged grasps and with his dying breath curses you. Oh no, no, oh no, that. Oh, alright. Oh, He's an illusion. 
You can't actually curse me. Also, I, I have cursed already. I think that means I can't get cursed again. You turn and start for the window, thinking you will have to make... You will still have to make good your escape from the tower to escape Sonodar's illusion. Your surroundings suddenly begin to shift and blur. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of a circle of stones on the Dragon Hill fields. The deafening roar of the crowd signals that your victory in this, the eighth round of Solondar's Wing of Illusion, has been met with feverish approval. Solondar himself strides out onto the field, congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. 256 XP to the General. At the edge of the contest field, Solondar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Sir Crockett, and he says. You seem going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell and make your way off across the tournament grounds. Alright, and west. And save. And so next time we'll be moving deeper into the wing of illusion. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.